0: That was a great song, Abby. Nice job. I want to, uh, before before we do anything today, I want to tell you something. And I shared this with First Service, and I wasn't sure uh, if it applied here or not, but take it for what it's worth. The other day, I was listening to uh, one of my uh, favorite guys to listen to, uh, a guy by the name of John Gray, Pastor John Gray uh, from Lakewood Church. I don't know if any of you guys have listened to him or not. He'll be at the Stronger Men's Conference if uh, if you end up going to that. But the other day, I was before work. I was listening to uh, I was listening to him speak, and his words were really ministering to me. And uh, you know, I was where all good morning devotional start, and I was in the shower, right? And uh, so I'm listening to him talking. You know, I'm washing my hair, and I went to rinse the shampoo out of my hair, and I couldn't hear him talking anymore. I couldn't hear him uh, ministering to me anymore. But does that mean that he wasn't still speaking? Does that mean that the tape wasn't still playing? No, it was still going. He was still speaking and talking, but I was, had something in the way keeping me from listening. And so my prayer for you guys today is that we don't have anything that's keeping us from hearing today because the Holy Spirit's here. God is speaking to his people. He is speaking to his church. But if you're not hearing from him, I assure you it's not because God's not speaking, but it's because you aren't listening. Okay? So if everyone doesn't mind, please stand up with me. And we're going to start off by praying. All right? So if everyone wants to close their eyes. And Father, we come to you today, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that we have had the opportunity to walk into your house this morning and to worship you. What a privilege it is to be able to come here and to worship you. And Lord, we pray that we didn't come in here expecting to leave the same way that we came. Lord, we want to be a changed people. We want to be a holy people. We want to be a set-apart people for you. So Father, we just ask that you would open our hearts, open our ears, Open our minds to receive your word this morning, and uh, we just ask that you would meet us here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. All right, so I don't know if you guys got to see, I tried to share something on Facebook, but I did it a little too late last night. Um, How many of you were here last Sunday and got to hear Pastor Kent speak? Okay, a lot of us. So he was talking about these three things. He was talking about our body, soul, and spirit. That we have our flesh. That battles um, up here is in First uh, Corinthians, but it's talking about a lot of different things, a lot of sins that we struggle with, right? And then he's talking about we have our soul, which is our mind, and our will, right? And then we have the spirit. And, you know, up here is written the fruits of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all that good stuff. And uh, he was saying that we need to use our soul, our mind, to make a choice. And we need to decide with our mind who it is that we're going to serve. Who we're going to follow. And he was basically saying to, uh, to free up your will so that you uh, can be effective in your walk with Christ. But he was kind of giving us a call to action. And to me... Uh, I really feel like he was starting a conversation of something that we need to understand. And I don't know why, because I had heard him talk uh, about this uh, at Oakton South with the youth. He was talking about all these things, and, and I never felt the Lord speak any of this to me. But uh, he really has revealed some stuff this week. And the stuff that he has done to try to keep us from meeting together and hearing this word this week... If you knew all the stuff that's going on, you'd be amazed. Just even the, the stuff that I've had go on this morning has been ridiculous. But I'm telling you that whenever you get a hold of this word, it's going to change the way that you live your life. And that's what we are. We're a people of change. We're not a people of I'm going to stay the same. We're a people that pursue Christ. Just like that song was talking about. Lord, that I seek your face. That I pursue you. And uh, I really felt the Lord uh, spoke to me earlier this week, about Monday or so, that there was something that was keeping his people from worshiping him. Like we we worship, but there was something uh, that we're not getting the freedom. We're not feeling uh, free to worship Christ. And I've been trying to figure out exactly what that means and, and all this good stuff, and it. And he brought me back to this. And and we're going to talk about a lot of these things today. And uh, we got to get the freedom down. Because for too long, God's people have been in bondage. For too long, we've been in sin. And you see, the truth is, is that I, at least from my understanding, I really believe uh, that Satan has gotten smarter throughout time. He's gotten smarter. The way that he uh, attacks people is similar in a lot of ways, but it's also adapted to to reach people in a different way. For instance, do you not think that maybe he learned something from uh, the temptations and stuff that he gave Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? He got defeated there, right? They said, there's no way I'm going to worship this king. This, this false God. There's no way that I'm going to worship him. And uh, through all that, you know, God met them there. And he saw them through to the end. And I think that God, or not God, I think that Satan has changed the way that he's approaching people. And the way that he's done that is he's approaching them at a younger age. Because the people, I mean, he's still going to attack us, Right? Even as adults, even as doesn't matter how old you get, Satan's gonna keep attacking you. But see, he's less successful as he was in the beginning. And where I'm getting at with this is up here, let's let's read a scripture. What do you say before I get into that? Galatians chapter 5. I'm telling you, I'm all fired up today. I may just go all kinds of crazy places. But in uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, uh, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, uh, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like that. Let me tell you again. As I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And whenever we talk about these things, right, we, we see this list, of, uh, this list of bad things, right? We see those lists of things that we shouldn't do, right? We see that in the Scripture. But I want you to open your Bible and look at that passage of Scripture very close. Because Paul isn't saying don't do these things. He's saying that if you do these things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But he's not saying don't do these things. What he's telling you is, is you're going to see these things if you're not following Christ. But if you're following the Spirit, you're going to see these things. Love, joy, peace, patience. But it's the way that you're uh, pursuing them. Now, the problem is, the reason that we're not worshiping God freely is because from the very beginning, from a really young age, Satan has been telling you things. He has been uh, speaking to you things that you are all of these, that you're addicted to this, that you're addicted to that, that you're uh, not a good mother, that you're this, that you're that, that all these bad things that he's put inside of you. And see, we... Still have those things hanging on in our heart, and there kind of lies our problem that we're uh, we're very quick to come up and say, you know, God, I've done this, I've done that. I believe that you forgive me, but we're not very fast to forgive ourselves from that because we hang on to that. We say, oh, well, I've done this and I've done that, and we think that we have to come to the altar and and mourn over this thing that we've done wrong for five years. Whenever Christ just wants us to move on and keep going and keep pressing in, but we look at the, the sick and the disgusting things and we say, you know, I'm not worthy to have that relationship with God because of the things that I've done in my past. I'm not worthy because I'm this and I'm that, and we, uh, we are speaking with our mouth that I'm a Christian, which is great. Speak it with your mouth. But still written down in our heart, we're still saying, I'm this and I'm that. And I have this, uh, I have this problem. I'm addicted to porn. I'm addicted to uh, drugs I, uh, and drunkenness. I'm all these different things that we still have written down in our heart that we haven't yet to let go of. And this is all going to make sense here in a minute, but just bear with me. But uh, I feel like we as Christians... You know, we want to remember Scripture. We want to think about the things of God. But see, like let's say that we're going to write something on our mirror in the morning that we see every day when we get up so we can uh, better have a relationship with Christ. I think that we are more apt to write, Hey, Landon, don't do this today. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do this. And that's what's going to give you a relationship with Christ. But uh, my dad can tell you. When a parent, whenever you were a little kid, whenever your parents said, hey, don't do that, what did you do? That. Exactly. We did that. And it's because our way of going about those things was wrong. We're judging ourselves based upon if I did or did not do that thing, and that's what gives me worth. That's what gives me value. Does that make, does that make sense? Okay, And we live in a list of don't do this and don't do that, but let's expand on this a little bit. You guys want to play a game? Let's play a game. There's a game. It's called the game. The object of the game is to not think about the game. You only win the game by not thinking about the game. Go ahead. You can't win because even if you do win, you're not thinking about winning and you can't realize that you won. Right? And somehow in our, in our culture, in our mind, we have made it out to be, hey, Landon, if you don't do this, don't, 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 that somehow we're going to get past those things. But I'm here to tell you that I hope that after today, that at the end of this service, that you'll look back from this 10 years from now and say... I won the game. I'm not thinking about these things anymore. These aren't even a part of me. All right? And here's the deal. Here's what I feel like the Lord spoke to me as clear as could be. Whenever we focus on these things, whenever we say, I can't do these things, let me be clear. Jesus, he has no rival. He has no equal. Satan is not Jesus' rival. Jesus is the name above every name. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the author and perfecter of our faith. That he is the one, he is who he says he is. He's the one who is and is to come. We're not a Pentecostal church, are we? That's enough. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Somebody got it. But that's enough to get excited about, right? But Jesus, he has no equal. There is no one like him. Okay? But whenever we... Take these things and say, Hey, I can't do this, I can't do that, I, I can't, I don't, I won't, this kind of stuff. We make the devil our rival because we put ourselves back into legalism. We say, Hey, my relationship with Christ depends on if I did or did not do these things, and that's the law that Jesus came to fulfill. He already paid the price. It's not about doing these things. Whenever we focus on, hey, if I don't, uh, let's see here, let's pick one. If I'm not jealous today, my relationship with Christ will be better. If I'm not in idolatry today, I can have a relationship with Christ today. That's the legalism and the bondage that we've put ourselves in. You see, whenever we're focused on not doing these things, Satan's our rival. But whenever we focus and we pursue and we wake up in the morning and we pursue these things, Satan becomes our footstool. He's no longer a part of you. Because you see, here's an example. Do I have any runners in here? Anybody run a race? Lauren? Okay. Angie? Whenever you start your race, do you run towards the finish line or do you run away from the starting line? You run towards the finish line. And see, we've spent our whole relationship with Christ running away from the starting line. You see, how many people, okay, have come into a relationship with Jesus Christ because we realized all of the bad and sick and disgusting things that we've done, right? That it happens all the time. People realize their own sin and say, I need to do something different, so they find Jesus, and then as a result, those things start to go away. But you see, we're too busy running away From the things that Satan was speaking to us. Whenever we were a little kid. All the mistakes that we've made. We're too busy running away from these things. To pursue Christ. And and Let me me explain it this way. You know Tommy. He's a pretty uh, rambunctious guy. Let's say Tommy brought some fireworks in the church today. Tommy sets one off. Right? I'm going to take off running. Which way am I going to go? I don't know. It doesn't matter. As long as I'm away from that. But you see. Whenever you start running away from these things, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be in a direction that's headed toward Christ. You're in a pursuit of something different. You see, we have this this starting line, and we're just sitting there and we're running away from it. As long as it's over there, I'm happy. But we're always looking back at it, and we're focused, and we're revolving our entire world around these things that we can't do. Because we're focused on them. We say, I have to get rid of these things in order to have Christ. But these things are no reflection on your relationship with Christ. These things go away as a result of a pursuit of Christ. Let me give you an example. How about about the Israelites coming out of Egypt? Right? They're all coming out of Egypt and um, they come up to this place, uh, you may have heard of it, it's called the Red Sea. They're, they're walking and Moses is leading his, God's people towards the promised land and the Egyptians start running back after them and try to bring them back into slavery, right? What do the Israelites start doing? They start freaking out. They start panicking. Why? Because they weren't running towards the promised land. They were running away from slavery. And when slavery starts creeping back up on them, they start to panic and say, okay, this is outside of my comfort zone. But see, Moses, I started thinking about this last night. Why? Whenever they got to the edge of the Red Sea, you can't tell me that shore went like this and just boxed them in. That shore ran as far this way as it did that way. So I guarantee you that at any point, he could have turned left and they could have ran down the shore that way. They could have turned right and ran down the shore that way. But why did they go through the Red Sea? Because that's where the promised land was. You see, Moses had his eyes transfixed on God. He wanted to be in the promised land because he wanted to be with God so bad he couldn't stand it. He even said, if it takes me staying in the desert to be in your presence and leave me here. See, he had a different perspective than they did. And what did God do? He parted the Red Sea and made a path for them to walk right through it. And I guarantee you that uh, the Israelites, once they got to the other side and watched the sea collapse over, uh, over slavery, they had to change the way they were thinking about things. I don't have to run away from slavery anymore. It's gone. But see, the problem is, is that we see this picture up here and we, and we, and we see it in the wrong light. I'm going to try not to trip. Okay, so you see this picture here? Everybody see it? There's a picture of Satan and there's a picture of, it's an angel. It's not Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is not his rival. They are in, in no part equal. And Kent uh, even sent me a deal. He was at first service. He's serving communion uh, to the children at children's church. And uh he sent me a deal where uh, the archangel had came and didn 't actually speak to him like speak of itself to rebuke Satan. He said, "Let the Lord rebuke you because you see the angels they go to to take care of what Satan has tried to destroy, but it 's not under their own authority it 's under the authority of Jesus christ and see that 's the problem is, is that we have thought, okay, one, these two, Jesus and Satan, are rivals, and they have the same uh, the same fight, and it's not true. And the second thing is that we have to realize that our power and our authority only comes through a pursuit of Jesus Christ. Because, uh, let's see, where was that in Scripture? That uh, the religious leaders, right, they saw... Paul and Jesus, they saw him cast out demons, all this stuff. And they decided to try to cast out a demon on their own. And what happened whenever they tried to cast out that demon? They beat him up. He said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Because, see, they were walking in an authority that they didn't have. They didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And they didn't have the authority to do those things. And, you see, we've had this stuff ingrained in our life and in our hearts so much and we've been trying to fight it under our own power. We've made Satan our rival and think that we can hit him head to head under our own authority and win. But it's only whenever you stand and you walk in the power of Jesus Christ and the authority that the Holy Spirit gives you that you can actually start saying things. Like cuz it is so confusing whenever John 14:12 says that we can do uh, greater things than Jesus did, but I can't even get this thing off of me. You know what I'm saying? We're saying, walking around saying that I'm a Christian, but we have a, have a sticker on our shirt that says, Hello, my name is I'm Addicted, or Hello, my name is uh, Impurity, Hello, my name is Idolatry, Hello, my name is this, Hello, my name is that. And we can't get that sticker off us, but we're trying to do it under our own power. We're waking up in the morning and saying, Don't do this. Whenever we need to wake up and say, I'm going to pursue this we called uh, norm and i were trying to come up with the title and we were having a hard time but we called it pursue holiness but what i'm really trying to tell you is don't worry about the legalistic things but what i'm telling you to pursue is christ whenever you wake up in the morning and you say i'm gonna pursue christ like nobody else i'm gonna run after him i'm gonna be a man i'm gonna be a woman and i'm gonna be after god's own heart Whenever you say that, let's. so you're in the Spirit. You have love, you have joy, you have goodness, you have faithfulness, self-control. You can't be addicted to drugs and have all those things going on in your life or to be seeking after those things. Those things disappear as a result of pursuing holiness. Whenever you pursue the things of the Spirit is whenever those things are going to go away because now you're under the covering and you're under the blood of Jesus Christ That surpasses all understanding. Let me give you another example. Uh, Let's do Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Angels appeared to Lot. He says, you need to get your family out of here. We're about to destroy this city. So Lot gets his family, and they get all their stuff, and they go to leave. And the only thing that they couldn't do is they couldn't look back. What did Lot's wife do? She looked back, and she was killed because of it. And it wasn't the act of looking back, but it was the fact that her pursuit was in the wrong place. She was still pursuing these things whenever she needed to be pursuing where God was leading her. And we have to change the way that our mind is thinking about these things. Because, you know, it says in the Word that God calls us to run our race for the great reward that awaits us. And what I really think is cool and something that I really feel like the Lord has ingrained in my heart uh, since I was a kid was that before I was ever born, there was a story written about me in heaven. But see, one day, whenever I do get to go be with Jesus, I have to give an account. I am accountable for what I did in this life. And how my life lined up with the word that was written about me. Did I do everything that God called me to do? Did I go where he called me to go? And that's what I'm held accountable for. And whenever we do those things that Christ calls us to do, whenever we pursue him, there's a reward that awaits us that we should pursue. Because that's the finish line. Don't run away from the starting line of these things but run to the finish line of the reward that awaits you. Because you see, God's promised us a crown of life. He's, did you know there's, there's people in heaven that minister to God? Do you know how cool that would be? To be in the presence of God? To reminding of him of his word? To, <laughs> You guys aren't awake, are you? I, I'm real careful about how uh, I use the word preach very carefully. Um, I prefer the word teach. Um, But can I preach to you for a second? Because I really do believe, and disregarding our own societal beliefs of today, there are no participation trophies in heaven. There's none. There's no participation crowns in heaven. You don't get a reward. You don't get the crown of life by just showing up on Sunday. It doesn't work like that. But whenever your pursuit is on the things of God. Whenever your pursuit is Jesus' face, just like we've sung about all morning long, whenever your pursuit is for the things of God, that's whenever the reward awaits you. Because no one wants to live a, a miserable life running away from these things. And the reason that our addictions to porn, our addictions to sexual morality, our addictions to idolatry, all those things come full circle is because we've spent our whole life running away from them whenever we need to be running toward the cross. We need to be running towards Jesus, not away from those things. Don't bring yourself back into legalism. Are you with me? Because you see, whenever you start pursuing Christ... God starts stirring something within you. He's called people to be apostles and prophets and teachers, leaders, pastors. But we have to stir within ourselves to run after the things of God. And I got to tell you, I am pumped about the service that Jim was talking about at Oakton Carthage. I believe that they're going to grow I believe they're going to multiply, and I believe that they're going to need a bigger building quickly. That's my hope, and that's my prayer. But also, side note, is that I'm ready for this church to start growing again. And I'm ready for God's people to stand up and say, hey, I'm a seeker of you, and I'm going to run after you, and I'm going to find the call that God's put on my life, and I'm going to pursue it with passion. And I'm going to run after the things of God unwavering with a, with a faith that's strong and a Holy Spirit that abides in me. But you see, until we get these things out of our life, until we can rip off the name tag that we've been wearing for so long, can we run and can we walk and can we worship in freedom? Because it never occurred to me, you know, I told you earlier that I feel like something was hindering um, our worship to God. It occurred to me last night that worship isn't just a singing songs to Him. Worship is also our walk with Christ. It's what we do on a daily basis. And you see, you're not walking in freedom yet. We've been running away from these things. That I have a void in my heart that somebody's called me this or somebody's done that. You know, we have to get rid of that. We have to put that behind us. Don't even think about it. And instead, thinking about that, put your mind and transfix yourself on Jesus. Find those things. Seek after the spiritual gifts. Seek after the calling that God's placed on your life. Because I don't think that any Christian has ever understood this in a correct way and not grew as a result. Because the churches that, that are growing, the people, not just the building. I'm talking about people. The church, the people that are growing and moving are seeking after Jesus. They're not running away from their past. And we have to change the way that we're thinking about these things. And let me tell you about a, another brother. Uh, anybody read the book of Jonah? And here's what I'm going to tell you. Is that you cannot unhear the word of God you can't once you've heard it the stuff that you've heard today you will one day be accountable for and you see our brother Jonah God spoke to him and said hey I need you to go to Nineveh and I need you to tell them and speak to them about me I need you to tell them to repent or I'm going to burn the whole place down okay real threat there all right I need you to go. So Jonah said, it even says in the word that he had a choice then. He uh, he knew that he couldn't stay because the Lord had spoke to him and he was going to continue to speak to him. He could go, go to Nineveh. And his second option that he thought he had is that he could run. And his pursuit of running away from the Lord ended him up in a very uh, stinky and smelly place. He ended up being eaten by a very large fish. But you see, even whenever Jonah was in that very large fish, God's word is still true. He, he was still accountable for that word, whether he was in the fish or not. He was still accountable for the word that he heard. And so through his prayer and all that stuff, he gets out of the whale and ends up going to Nineveh and all that stuff. And you can read the, the story if you want. But the point is, is that the word that you're hearing today, you will one day be accountable for. So if we walk out of here today, and we still have this name, this deal written on us, still hanging on to the things that Satan has spoke to us our whole life. Come on, there's there's something inside of you, I've had it, that Satan was telling you that, that, that nobody even knows about. Because, you see, our comfort zone, where we're comfortable with people, where we're comfortable with interaction, um, is defined by our insecurity. And your insecurity is the things that Satan's been speaking to you your whole life that's still written inside of you. So we have to figure out how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because we have to get rid of those things. Whenever we start pursuing Christ, our comfort changes, Our pursuit of Him changes. The things that we act, the things that we do, change. And it's not because I physically wanted to change them. Like I said, Landon, you need to do this. But whenever I start pursuing Christ, those things change as a result. And half the time, you don't even know that it happened. You look back and you say, huh, that was cool. (laughs) I didn't even notice. It just went away. But we have to... Yeah, you do. You have to want it. And you have to want to pursue Christ. Because that's different than wanting to be a Christian anymore. Because there's a lot of Christians that are going to have a lot to be accountable for one day whenever they get to heaven. And I'll just say it that way. Because I'm almost convinced anymore that calling yourself like the, the Christian name that we have anymore. I think it was like, a few years ago it was like seventy something percent of of people who are in America claim to be a Christian. But the amount of people that are Jesus' disciples, different. Different number. And we may not even realize that that we're in that category. Does that make sense? But our pursuit of Christ has to change. Now let me uh, let me show you something. Um, I won't make the pricing come up here because I don't want them to stand here for forever. But I'm going to show you something because visual aids are are cool, right? Okay, so let me do something real fast. I did it wrong the first service, so maybe I'll get it right. Can't really see it from back here. So Kent was talking to us. Pastor Kent was talking to us about we have to make a choice. We have to choose with our will who we're going to serve, right? So now that we've chosen with our mind, we've chosen who we're going to serve, we've decided that we are going to pursue Christ. So now we have the spirit, right? And because we are seeking the spirit, these things are now going to be what our body does. And now this guy, gone. And now, do you see what happened? our body changed because of how we're seeking the Lord. We're not running away from those things that we couldn't get rid of anymore, but now we're on a different pursuit. We're on a different chase. We're running a race. We're running a different race to run towards the reward that God's been trying to give us all this time. And the things that you want to see gone from your life will be gone because of your pursuit. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. You gotta seek the Lord first. And to be honest, we're all going to be accountable for this. If you walk out of here today and you still have this stuff tattooed on your heart, it's by nothing but a choice. If the uh, team wants to go ahead and come up, I don't know when I'm going to get started here. But um, (laughs) but, uh, whenever you leave here today, This stuff should be gone from your life because it's not one of those touchy-feely things that we need to pray about for five years. This is a choice. And the authority that you're given whenever you make this choice, it's going to change the way that you live your life. And the things that you've been worried about for all these years are going to be gone as a result of that choice. But that's all it is. It's a choice in your mind to wake up every morning and say, I'm going to pursue Christ. Because those things that are written in your heart that you're insecure of, they don't exist whenever you're full of love, whenever you're full of powerful faith. And I do like how Kent has written down here that there's faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, tongues of interpretation. You see, because we're, like we were talking about the comfort zone earlier, we're uncomfortable Like we may go to a different service where people worship a little bit differently than we do. We may have people uh, who sing from their spirit that you're not comfortable with. You may have people who do all kinds of different things. Maybe raising your hands is uncomfortable to you. But I would assume that that insecurity that you have in your heart is as a result of something that's been told to you a long time ago that's not even true about you. People may think that I'm weird. Can someone get that heckler out of here? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. Jesus had him. I, I'll appreciate that. Uh-oh. <laughs> but we have to change our pursuit. All right? We can't be worried about these things because if you're worried about running away from these things, it's going to come full circle. That's why we fall back into slavery. That's why we fall back into addiction. That's why we fall back into these things. We get free from them, but then we pick them back up whenever we leave. And so I'm going to give you guys an opportunity today. And this is, like I said, it's not one of those things that we need to set up here and solve about for a long time. And if that's the way that you do things, then fine. Great. But here's your opportunity. is that... Up here, I'm going to have, there's some pencils in here, all right? There's some paper that's not evenly cut because I cut it and didn't have Norma cut it. Um, But what I want you to do is I want you to come up here, and you have a piece of paper, get a pencil, and come up here, and I want you to write down uh, these things. Things you can see drooping down over here. The things that Satan has been telling you your whole life that you can't shake, that you can't get rid of, that you don't even realize is still hindering your worship of God. I want you to come up here, and I want you to write these things uh, down on this piece of paper. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to move this other one too. but uh, Other trash can, but uh, I want you to write these things on here. And then what I want you to do... Because I want you to crumble it up. I want you to throw it in there. And I want you to walk away. Because we're going to leave these things here today. We're going to leave them at the altar. And there's something about there's something about getting up and moving that it puts faith into action, is what I think it comes down to. What you've been hearing, now your feet are doing, and now we're walking in. Okay, But uh, like I told first service, you've got to give credit where credit's due. All right? And uh, I heard Teresa McNaught say something uh, beautifully a few years ago whenever she used to be my prayer partner. She uh, was talking to somebody, and they were having trouble forgiving. And uh, she says, you know, we, we prayed about it and stuff, and she said, you know, I forgive them. And she said, okay, now I want you to write this date down. I want you to write it down because some day may come in a day, a week, a month, a year, the feeling of unforgiveness may come back. And she said, I want you to write down this date, and whenever that feeling comes back, you can say, no, 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 no. I took care of that years ago. I took care of that on 3-18-18. That's what today's date is, in case you didn't check before you got here. I got free from that. That's no longer a part of me. And when Satan comes to you at night, whenever your head hits the pillow and it's dark in your room and you're laying there trying to go to sleep and he just keeps speaking that stuff to you, you can say, no, 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 no. On 3.18.18, I was set free from that. I let go of that. I changed my pursuit. Now I'm walking in a new light. And you know what the beautiful thing is? Is that uh, he gets, he has to, we get to, he has to watch us succeed. And so I got, we got some time, got plenty of time, but I'm telling you, don't you leave here today with those things still written on your heart. Don't leave here today. We're changing our pursuit today. All right? So here's your time. It's a choice. You can do it or you cannot do it but you're gonna be accountable for it one day, all right? So if everyone wants to stand up,